Good morning, Generations Church. Um, I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas and uh, uh, a couple days ago. Uh, my son Jonathan got a lot of new toys, so thank you, uh, church family and friends. I'm actually uh, preaching live today, and so uh, you're hearing me right now. I'm actually, I actually probably said these words about anywhere between 12 and 20 seconds ago. Um, preaching a message actually takes a lot of behind-the-scenes time, and so I thought I would try something new. Um, because, so because I'm also running a live stream from my home computer here, uh, there are times when I need to look away from the camera or in different directions. So, you know, just please give me grace and probably some patience as I, I work through all the, um, all the windows and screens. Um, all right, so without further ado, you know, I, you know, I, I usually preach out of the book of Matthew, uh, but today is the last Sunday of the year of 2020. And so I thought I would reflect back on, on the year and some of the things that I've been uh, thinking about along, along the way. Um, now, I, I realize that probably most of us want to put 2020 firmly behind us. And, and don't worry, it will be soon. Uh, but to me, an overarching, an overarching theme to me of 2020 is the, is the transience of life. Uh, the, the, the transience of life. Uh, the, the fleeting nature of life and how precious it is and how we hold it. Uh, before we begin, uh, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, it has been um, just a long and weird year. Uh, we thank you for your blessings that you have bestowed on us and the congregation, Father, but we know there are many out there who have lost jobs, have lost, have lost friends and family due to the pandemic. Um, and so I, we ask uh, for your blessings for 2021. Uh, we know things are on the horizon to, to help beat the pandemic, Father. Um, we look forward uh, to, to you. But most of all, Father, we, we ask that you send the Spirit to be with us, to comfort us in your presence, Father, and that we would take, um, uh, we would take uh, great joy uh, just, just, just for you being in our lives, just for your presence in our lives, Father. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's start in James 4 this morning. Uh, James 4, uh, verse 13 and 14. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And you can see that James writes here about this really harsh reality, right? We, we think we're big shots, right? We think we're really important. But in the grand scheme of things, we're not really Look, look at the, look what I, I put in green there. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. James is addressing Christians who are well off or, or at least better off than most, which I would say applies to most of us at this church. James doesn't outright call them rich, but it's obvious that these people have possessions since they are able to engage in foreign trade. Their, their plans are are normal ones that, that normal people do in business, right? You, 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 they go somewhere, they buy and sell goods and services, they make money. This is the way business is done, right? And, but James's criticism is that they are carrying on doing business no differently than anyone else. As merchants, they were no doubt aware of the uncertainties of the future. But as Christians, they should be aware of the one who controls it, who controls the future. Life is short. There are many verses in the Bible about the transience of life. Um, I'm, I just 
picked one here in, in Psalm 39, 5. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is nothing, is as nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. Surely everyone goes around like a mere phantom. In vain they rush about, heaping up wealth without knowing whose it will finally be. Look at the wisdom in that final phrase. I I put it in, in green here. Heaping up wealth without knowing whose it will finally be. We go around trying to earn a living and accumulate savings if, if we can, but wealth is just passed from people to people, from person to person, from one generation to the next. Think about that for a moment. Our retirement accounts, our savings accounts, our, our wills, our trusts, our money, our wealth will someday be either spent or given away once we pass on. Think about that for a moment. Those are the only two outcomes of the money that we earn. And when you spend it, you're just giving part of your wealth to other people. Even Jane and I are looking into our financials to help to help prepare for Jonathan when, when one day, uh, not if one day, but when one day we are both gone. And one day when Jonathan grows up, uh, he himself will have to think about these things. James is, he's talking about like this, he's talking about the foolishness of, of planning without taking God's values into account. James wants us to seek God's plan and follow God's will, especially in our use of money. Um, I, I, didn't, I, didn't put the, um, I didn't put the verses up, but if you continue reading in James, he chides them for bragging about all their, own, you know, about, about all their plans and actions. They're laying plans that God did not make, claiming an ability to control life that they do, they do not have, and boasting about the good deals they will make. And that's basically love of the world. So in this respect, let's think, are, are we believers any different from the world? And I've said before, we know that we can't take any of our earthly possessions with us, but many of us don't act like it. We go around thinking as if we can keep our stuff after we die. And I am trying to hold on to these things a little more loosely, and it's, it's been an exercise for me. Now I want to pause for a moment here. This... This isn't a message about how to manage money. Um, I would actually want to do a message about managing money in the future, but today's not that day. But I want us to think about the transience of life, the way we live it. And, and money gov- governs a large part of how we live our lives, especially, especially our attitude for good or for bad or for neutral. So I want to, I want to do something a little differently today. Uh, I, I want to break this message down into three quotes, three quotes that were said this year. Uh, by, by, by people in the U.S. Uh, if we're going to recap the year, then we have to go all the way back to January, which, which feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? Um, the first quote is, we are all Lakers today. And this was by Doc Rivers, who is, head, uh, who is the head coach of the, of the L.A. Clippers. Uh, in late January, Kobe Bryant, uh, one of his daughters and seven others, passed away in a helicopter accident. I, I think most of us remember this. Uh, the helicopter uh, counter fog and ultimately crashed in the hills of Calabasas. When Doc Rivers said that we are all Lakers today, he was implying, rightly I might add, that we all felt a, a great and tragic loss when Kobe Bryant passed. Now, I, I, don't, I don't follow basketball. I didn't follow basketball much, and I, I still don't. But I know he had a great career. And even I had heard of Kobe Bryant. He was admired by 
so, so many. And I remember that even I felt horribly. He was only 41. 41, very young. And he was in the beginning stages of a second act in his life. He was raising his four daughters, doing a lot of good work and teaching them basketball. And now as a parent myself, I can understand, not not relate, but I can understand like just a small part of the anguish of his wife whom he left behind. And I can, I can tell you this, no parent wants to outlive their own children. If you're a parent, think about that. No parent wants to outlive their own children. And I think, I think the news was just a, as, a, as a shock to us all. I remember I, uh, that it was a day that I, I preached. And as soon as I finished, as soon as I finished preaching, uh, the, youth, the youth kids came up to me and, and were like, um, you know, Kobe Bryant just died. And I, I thought they were just trolling me. They were just kidding around. But it, it, was, it, it, was, it was really a shock to us all. Chadwick Boseman lost a four-year battle with cancer. And uh, if you didn't know, uh, he, he was also, he was 43, only a couple years older than Kobe Bryant. Uh, and uh, he, he, died of, he died of cancer and he was very private about it. Um, if you don't know the name, he was a movie star. Uh, and a couple of, mo- couple of his movies were 42 and, and Black Panther. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg also passed away from cancer. Uh, she was the second female and the first Jewish female uh, of the uh, first Jewish female justice of the Supreme Court. And, you know, there, there are many other famous people who passed this year, of course, and there are many, many other non-famous people who passed away this year. Uh, it's, it's unfortunately likely that you may um, know someone or, or, or may know someone uh, who passed away this year. Um, in fact, if, if you're part of this church, do you know that some of our congregants um, have had family pass away? And again, please keep Alice in your prayers. Please keep Janet in your prayers. Please keep Daphne in your prayers. They have all had parents pass away this year. And, and Alice um, also lost her sister. I, we, we feel a great and tragic loss when somebody, some, someone we personally know has passed. Death, death comes up for us one day. Death is not picky. No matter how talented, no matter how famous, no matter how intelligent, no matter how strong, no matter how wise, death will come for us one day. Okay, the the second quote is from Dr. Anthony Fauci, wear a mask. Uh, He's the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Uh, He's repeatedly said said this to help slow the, the spread of the virus. In in January slash February, let's be honest, COVID-19 was just a rumor, a whisper, nothing nothing really to worry about. And I certainly wasn't worried. I I remember scoffing at people hoarding toilet paper. But by the time mid-March rolled around, everything was shutting down. Do you guys remember? Every few hours, not not every not every day, every few hours there was another major announcement. First the NBA canceled the rest of the season, then professional hockey, then then Wimbledon, uh, that's tennis. Uh, conferences, uh, conventions, uh, trade shows were all being postponed or canceled on an hourly basis. Military events, religious events, sporting events, award ceremonies, beauty pageants, music events, arts events, all done. One by one, they fell like dominoes. Do you, do you even remember there was supposed to be a 2020 Olympics in Tokyo, Japan? Yeah, me neither, right? Like It's a distant memory now. No one even talks about that. I remember the local schools were shut down, and I remember thinking that that we all thought that, that that it would last maybe three to four weeks at most. 
like at most. It was, it was close enough to spring break that many of the schools just lumped it all together. Here you go, three weeks. Two weeks off, um, and then spring break, and then we should be back by the end of spring break. We should be back by the end of spring break. Yeah. And I remember being hopeful that we would be back to meeting in person by Easter. And now, now it's December, almost 2021. Now, I spoke on the pandemic already in a previous message, and I won't rehash it again. But it has been a long, weird, trying year for many of us. But I also noticed an interesting thing. Uh, Outside of the virus itself, the pandemic destroyed friendships. The pandemic divided families. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Friendships have been lost over this, over differences of opinion, over differences of politics, over differences of science. And there was and continues to be a lot of controversy in how people are handling or or not handling the ongoing pandemic. Mask, no mask, is the virus real? Is it overblown by the media? Is a shutdown necessary or is the government overreaching its powers? And this has all become the source of tension and, and basically outright Conflict between people who were once close to one another. I've seen it firsthand. And all the while, some people got the virus. Most of them recovered. But some never did. And the death toll rises. Death comes for us one day. Death is not picky. Okay, our our third and final quote of this year uh, that I want to talk about is from George Floyd. Uh, I can't breathe. Uh, These are his final words to the Minneapolis police before he died on May 25th. And here again, I I already spoke on racial tensions in a previous message, so I, I won't rehash that here. But no matter your views on Black Lives Matter or whether police brutality exists or defunding police or which political party you identify with, I hope we can all agree that accidental deaths are extremely tragic and disheartening. And it's it's something that we can aspire to reduce, we can aspire to eliminate. Regardless if you're Kobe Bryant or George Floyd, they, like many others this year, famous or not, did not wake up that morning realizing that was the last morning here on earth. We are all Lakers today. Wear a mask can't breathe. The transience of life. And, you know, to add on to all this, you know, we also had wildfires in several states, including California. Do you remember that our air quality spiked at crazy, crazy levels? Christine texted me with websites to check for air quality. Uh, I had never done that before in my life. Check air quality. But now I was like checking several times a day. <laughs> to see if it was safe for Jonathan to play outside. And um, he wasn't being used to, uh, uh, he wasn't used to being cooped up. And he liked to play in our backyard, outside, 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 he would say. And, and, he, and then he would cry when we would say no. And we tried to explain it, but you know, he, he doesn't understand. Do you remember everyone trying to buy air purifiers for their homes? Remember that? Bobcat fire, Eldorado fire. Again, a distant memory, right? I bet you haven't been thinking about them recently. And those were only a couple months ago. 
you know, we, we just held our presidential elections last month. And looking at the numbers, roughly half of America is happy and roughly half of America is not. You know, 2020, it's, it's a year most Americans and probably the rest of the world want to forget. It's, it's easy to get down on all this and wonder, like, when or, or how things will get better. The transience of life. So we, we know we are not here for very long. So, so maybe there's a couple ways of, of looking at this. Either we are not here for very long, so, so nothing we do really matters. Or we are not here for very long, so let's make the most of it. Make it meaningful. Typically, we, we humans persevere, right? We, we, we forge on. We have that drive, that, that, that human spirit. You know what I'm talking about? But I know it's not always easy, whether it's, whether it's grieving through loss or heartbreak or, or weathering through a pandemic that drastically changes our, our daily lives or, or championing, championing for, for a cause. So in light of all that has happened in 2020, I want to turn to a famous passage, uh, Psalm 23. Beginning in verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness, righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A shepherd cares for his sheep, just as God cares for us. So this analogy is very appropriate. In times of, of pain or, or confusion or, or anger or, or heartbreak or loss or, or frustration, we want God to take that away. It's very understandable. We want God to solve all of our problems, make, make our life great. If we're honest with ourselves, 99% of our prayers are probably a supplication. Uh, supplication is just a big fancy word for, for asking for something, requesting. God, I want better grades or this cute person to like me or, or help me make this sports team or school play or safety when we travel or or cure this pandemic, or, or fix this drama between friends, or help my parenting, or help my marriage. It's falling apart. Or I, I need more money, my, my finances. Please help my, please help my career. I'm, I'm going nowhere. We tend to go to God because we want things. We want Him to, to fix things or, or make things better. But our hope in difficult times, like 2020, our hope is the presence of God, not the resolution of our circumstances, not Him fixing everything. Let me say that again. Our hope in difficult times is the presence of God, not the resolution of our circumstances, not Him fixing everything, not Him fixing everything that we think is wrong in our lives or, or in the world. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. When someone passes, do mourn them, pay your respects as you would. When there's a pandemic going on, do protect yourselves and protect others. When there is a tragic death, do hope, pray, act on for a safer world. But God in his presence comforts us. Know that he is in control. Know that he takes care of us. You can, you can see the imagery uh, in the passage. A shepherd tending to sheep, green pastures, still waters, restoration. 
Uh, one note: be aware of be aware of other shepherds. All right, when when the chips are down, we humans can take comfort in other in other shepherds and other other things, money, phones, screen time, social media, streaming shows, basically entertainment. They can take our mind off the pain, but but only temporarily. And if we are not careful, there are other things that we can take comfort in. Gossip or slander, you know, it feels good to talk about other people. Pornography or other sexual sins. Drugs. Alcohol. And maybe even self-harm. If you've had these thoughts, if you've been there, and you know what I'm talking about. Secret sins. We try to... We try to dull our pain, drown out our sorrows. God in his presence comforts us. Know that he's in control. Know that he takes care of us. Our hope in difficult times is the presence of God, not the resolution of our circumstances, not him fixing everything. Though it's perfectly okay to pray that, to ask for these things. He wants us to to go to him in prayer. And that's how Jane and I have have approached this 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 wild and crazy year. We know and and we have remarked to each other that God is with us and he has blessed us in the midst of this weird year. A couple nights ago we were praying and we just acknowledged how much God has blessed our family even though it has been difficult for us. We are we we are two full-time parents and it's been challenging taking care of an active toddler. Emmanuel, a name that we have all probably used or heard a lot in this past Christmas season, literally means God is with us. So, whether you are not currently in a season of difficulty, ask the Lord for his comfort. Ask the Lord for his presence. I would ask that we all pray to God, that God would remove other shepherds that compete for priority in our lives and that he alone would be our comfort in both good times and bad times. In 2 Corinthians 4, 17-18, Paul writes, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. If we look at life today through the lens of eternity, today's troubles can't really be compared to the glory that's coming. And I know I know it's hard to imagine that the troubles of 2020 are, are light and momentary. You know, when our when our economy's been shut down, racial tensions since forever. And, and people are getting sick or dying from the pandemic and, and other other reasons. It's been nine months and maybe another nine or ten months until things get back to normal. People are struggling and that really doesn't seem, you know, light and momentary. But that is what we see with our eyes. That is what we see. But we are to fix our eyes on what is unseen. We are to fix our eyes on the eternal. What is seen, what we can see with our eyes, anything that we can see with our eyes, the stuff you have, the money, is temporary. According to this passage, our troubles are light and momentary. Really, this this is the transience of life. 
And that's why the apostle says in Romans 8.18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will, be, that will be revealed in us. Let me read that again. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. In other words, if we think that 2020 was bad, I want to affirm that it, it, if we think that 2020 was bad, and, and I want to affirm that it, it was, okay, it, it has been, but if, if we think it was bad, it is nothing compared to what awaits us in heaven. It is nothing compared to what awaits us in heaven. 2020 is is easy, comparatively. Okay, so I want to summarize, conclude this message as we we close out 2020. Our lives are fleeting, and and we need to realize that. The stuff we own, the money we have, it's not forever. A mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. So with regard to the entirety of human history, we are mists that evaporate in the wind. So in our brief time, who or what are we going to rely on during our struggles? Because 2020 has been a really difficult year. But I want to encourage you all that we will get through this because God is in control and he is our great shepherd. So in times of, in times of like life drama or fragility or transience, uncertainty, uh, confusion, like because of the debt, because of all the deaths or the pandemic or, or politics. Who or what are you going to rely on? Who or what are you going to rely on? Are you going to rely on other people? Because I hope you haven't been relying on the current president for the past four years. And I hope you don't plan to rely on the president elect for the next four years. Are you going to rely on things like money? Fame, fortune, power, they don't protect you, whether you are a famous basketball star or whether you are a Supreme Court justice. Are you going to rely on false shepherds, like, like entertainment or secret sins? They will only let you down. You'll always want more. They are empty. And I urge you to be satisfied in Jesus Christ. Physical death claims us all. You know, be it, be it a traffic ac- accident or, or cancer or, or virus or in numerous other ways. Death comes for us one day. No matter how talented, how famous, how, how intelligent, death will come for us one day. I really want to encourage you to think about where you are in your journey of faith. The reason death claims us all, physical death claims us all, is because of original sin. And that original sin in the Garden of Eden, uh, committed by Adam and Eve, that sin is imputed on us all. all. For we are all born unto sin. We have all fallen short. And the just punishment that from a 100% holy and just God is eternal separation from him because he he can't be near sin. can't be near sinful people. We call that hell. But God made a provision. He sent his son as, as a sacrifice, the perfect son of God, the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice 
to die on that cross so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but enter into an everlasting, eternal life into the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it has been a it's been hard, it's been difficult for probably every family uh, this year. We have known loss. Uh, there are at least three members of this congregation who have who have lost parents. And we know countless of our friends have lost uh, other friends and family. We come to you, Father, and we invite you into our presence. We lay down our sins at the foot of, foot of that cross, Father. We ask that you alone, not other things of this world, but you alone are enough for us. That it is sufficient. We ask for your presence, Father. We love you. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, on that cross. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.